Hello, and welcome to the Vexillogicast. From the home of the confection, Irish potato candy, which is neither Irish nor does it usually contain potatoes, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On this episode of the Vexillogicast, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Irish diaspora and wrap some things up from episode 31. Before I get into that, I'd like to remind you to head on over to vexillogicast.com, that is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T, com for more information and show notes. Before I get into the meat of the episode, I had a couple of corrections to make. Listener Tom reached out to me with a couple of pronunciation corrections, mainly that of the province of Connacht, which I'm sure I'm still pronouncing incorrectly, I'm very sorry, and of the Irish group, the Na Fina, which again, my apologies there for butchering everything. He also had a couple of interesting notes. I should have mentioned the county flags of Ireland. Every county in Ireland has a flag that represents it at different sporting events or that sort of thing. And they're all different types of bicolors with a few exceptions. Finally, it was brought to my attention that the Starry Plow flag, specifically the white on blue starry plow flag is considered more of a socialist symbol, kind of the Irish equivalent of the hammer and sickle. At this point, I think it'd be a good point to make that, again, as mentioned in other episodes, I'm not a historian. I'm not a trained anything. I'm just some goofball with a microphone that happens to like flags and does my best to relay Wikipedia and CRW flags and other information sources into the microphone and then out into the world, hopefully into your ears. With that being said, on the previous episode of the Vexillogicast, we talked, I briefly, briefly mentioned Thomas Francis Meager. He's got a pretty interesting story. Uh, again, a, an Irish nationalist who, according to lore during the rebellion of 1848, was given the Irish flag that we know today, the green, white, orange vertical triband, and then use that as the flag for his nationalist movement. He's a pretty cool character, and I, I figured I'd spend a, a minute or two talking about him before I moved on to some other flags that you might get a kick out of. Meager was born in 1823. Uh, again, he was an Irish nationalist, participated in the Rebellion of 1848 in Ireland, and was caught and convicted and was sent to Australia as a prisoner. So far, you know, a reasonably average story. In 1852, he escaped. He came to the United States, and then he joined the Union Army during the American Civil War, where he rose to the rank of Brigadier General. He led one of the Irish brigades that are pretty famous, and I'll talk about in just a second. And then after the Civil War, he was appointed the Governor of Montana, and he died in 1867, drowning in a river, possibly due to murder. To me, it's an interesting story, seeing as, you know, I've never been involved in a rebellion. I've never been a prisoner. I've never been a brigadier general. And I've certainly not been a governor of what would later become a state. Plus, of course, being the person associated with the current flag of Ireland. So, just a little interesting biographical note. So I mentioned that he 
was one of the big people in the Irish Brigade of the American Civil War. And you may recall on the last episode where I talked about the Kingdom of Ireland flag, and this is that harp on a blue background, sometimes a harp on a green background, as being a very American symbol of Ireland. Uh, this is the current naval jack, again, a, a golden harp on green. But you see it a lot in Irish battalions. The first instance I can find of the use of a gold harp on a green flag to represent Ireland in America is the St. Patrick's Battalion of 1846 to 1848. And that was a group of defectors who, during the Mexican-American War, changed sides. They said, hey, wait a minute. You know, we're Irish or immigrants generally. I think uh, the other big ethnic group was Germans. Why are we fighting for the Americans who are trying to take over Mexican territory? Uh, and there's a little bit of Catholic Brotherhood and that sort of thing. So 200 or more people defected to the Mexican side of the Mexican-American War and fought under the St. Patrick's Battalion flag, which again is a golden harp on a green field with the words Aaron Go Bra underneath. And similar flags were adopted during the American Civil War as Irish battalions were formed, as Irish people came over to escape the Great Famine in Ireland and were drafted into the American army, usually the Union Army. So because this is a Irish diaspora episode, I wanted to go a little bit branching out, if only flag-wise, to mention a couple of interesting flags that I've seen. First up, and I'm afraid you're probably going to have to find an image of this because it is such a busy flag. It's not a good flag, but it's a fun one that I've seen a lot of places, or at least seen online a lot of places. And this is the flag for a Gaelic Union or a Celtic Union or a Gaelic language flag, which is basically seven flags wrapped up into one with a triskelion in the middle. Uh, so if you were to look at this flag, you would see... Uh, starting on the left, top left in the canton, a flag representing Galicia, which is one blue diagonal stripe on a white background. Next to that, kind of a triangle of a flag, is the flag of the Republic of Ireland, the green, white, orange tri-band. Another little pie section is the flag of Scotland, and that's that St. Andrew's white saltire on a blue background. In this case, instead of just a diagonal, you can see the saltire uh, where it crosses. Below that, they have the Cornwall flag, and this is a white cross on a black background. Continuing the circle at what would be the 5 o'clock section of this flag is a flag of the Isle of Man, and this is that classic red flag with three armored legs in a triskelion uh, fashion. At the 7 o'clock section is the flag of Wales, which is that white and green horizontal bicolor with the red Welsh dragon on it. And then at the 8 o'clock position is the flag of Brittany, which kind of looks like the U.S. flag, although it's black and white. And instead of stars, they have a pattern of ermine, which is hard to describe without showing you. Kind of looks like a shooting star, but straight up and down. In the center of this whole conflagration is a black circle with a white triskelion on it. Uh, in this case, it's um, 
a really rounded one. And this kind of represents all these different places that are ethnically Celtic or Gaelic or speak Gaelic or that sort of thing. An interesting flag. I'm surprised it's as popular as it is, being that it is such a busy flag, but I figured I'd mention it. Speaking of flags that I see flying and sometimes representing Ireland, I wanted to mention the flag of the Ivory Coast, which many of you have probably seen. It's just the, it's, it's a backwards version of the Irish flag. It is orange, white, green, vertical tri-band with slightly different proportions officially, but there are very few people that actually care about the proportions of various flags. So you'll often see somebody flying the flag of the Ivory Coast instead of the flag of Ireland and just making a fool out of themselves. That being said, I wanted to mention where that flag comes from because I'm probably not going to do an Ivory Coast episode. The Ivory Coast flag comes from uh, the Pan-African colors, but it also comes right after the flag of Niger, which is an orange-white-green horizontal tri-band with an orange circle in the middle. It's very similar to the flag of India, although it doesn't have the spinning wheel, it just has an orange circle. The flag of Niger was adopted in 1959. The flag of the Ivory Coast was adopted in 1959. They both are explicitly meant to refer to each other. I'm say, and, and both flags come from this tri-band tradition both rejecting French rule, both nations declared independence from France, but if the flags are anything to go off of, they both acknowledge their connection to France. So yeah, if you see a if you see someone trying to fly a flag that has the orange close to the hoist, that's the flag of the Ivory Coast. The flag of Ireland has the green next to the hoist. To go back to Ireland, but in this case, not a flag. I wanted to quickly mention that the roundel of the Irish Air Force is pretty cool. Most roundels are either circles and circles or some sort of like pie chart. The Irish roundel obviously uses the green, white, orange coloring, but instead of making it just a straight up kind of pie chart looking roundel, they've curved it a little bit, which harkens back to this traditional Triskelion design. I thought it was cool. You should look it up. To go back to flags and flags about flags, the society in Ireland that deals with vexillology, in this case, the Genealogical Society of Ireland, uses that presidential flag uh, slash Kingdom of Ireland flag from a bit ago, this gold harp on a blue flag, in this case with a white sheet bend knot, running vertically on the left third of the flag. It's pretty cool, and it ties itself into the different vexillogical societies around the world. To wrap this episode up, I'm going to just talk about two cities that I didn't get to talk about on the last episode because it was just a little bit of a jam-packed episode, and that is the flag of Dublin, adopted in 1885. It's a green flag with that gold harp, but in this case, the gold harp is off towards the fly, and in the canton are three castles on fire on blue. It's nothing spectacular. I just wanted to mention it because 
we do talk about city flags on this podcast. I'd love to know how much this flag is actually flown. Again, it's a blue canton with three burning castles on it. And the rest of the flag is green with a golden harp. The city flag that I'm most excited to talk about is the flag of Belfast, which features one of those fantastic canting devices. Generally, the flag is pretty boring. It could be described as a white and blue horizontal bicolor. In the blue section on the bottom, there's a sailing ship. Above that, seemingly exploding from the sailing ship, is a section that is colored in in a very pattern that is V-A-I-R there. Um, a very traditional heraldic coloring scheme, supposedly th- that looks like fur. But what's interesting about this flag is in the canton, there's a little red section with a bell on it. Because, of course, this is Belfast. And, and as we know, and as we know, Flag makers and makers of coats of arms do like to include puns. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm not sure what the next episode is going to be, but I'll hopefully have it out soon for you nonetheless. Head on over to vexillogicast.com if you so desire. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Best wishes from the Vexillogicast.